This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. These days, choices are everywhere. Like, for instance, the milk in your coffee. Would you like it from a cow? A nut? A tree? Everyone wants options. And now your customers have a new option in the way they pay. With PayPal in person. Just generate your unique QR code in the PayPal app for them to scan. And start accepting PayPal in person today. Learn more at paypal.com slash US slash get QR code. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Home is where the haunt Those wounds I feel so sick, Dr. Welcome to episode 80 of the Washed Up Emo Podcast. As far as bands go associated with emo, there isn't one as revered as American football. I've had the esteemed pleasure to have every member of the band on the podcast to talk about this new album and, of course, the past. Next up in this list is your favorite, Mike Kinsella. American Football's new album is out October 21st on Polyvinyl Records and available on 180-gram orange vinyl CD, cassette, or digitally through polyvinylrecords.com. Plus, all orders come with an instant download for the full album at checkout. So you can listen to the whole thing right away while waiting for your order to arrive. If you use the code WASHEDUP, all one word, you get 10% off your order. That is WASHEDUP, all one word. Fantastic. This is episode 80 with Mike Kinsella of American Football. Yes, a a few people were asking. They said, hey, um, you're talking to Mike really early. And then a couple (laughs) of people said, can you ask him what he's wearing? And I said, that's inappropriate. Is that, it's like straight to the sex, huh? Yeah, Um, I know. I I was like, literally people were like, can you ask him what he's wearing? I was like, that's inappropriate, but I will. (laughs) Ask him what he's wearing. Uh, I'll tell you, but then you have to tell me, all those people, tell me what they were wearing too. Yes, okay. Get back to me. Done. Uh, I got some sweatpants. I, you know, every day I have a routine. I could get up with one eye open and sort of take the kids ready for school and get, I just have to drive my girl to school and then come back home with the boy. And I don't have to get out of the car, so I just put sweatpants on and t-shirt. That's, so, what, that, that's what my guess was. My guess was sweatpants yeah. because, look, it's it's 8.30 in the morning when you're doing those things. There's There's no one to impress. There's no, yeah, no, I don't have to get out of the car, yeah. I just said sometimes I have to get to the car, and it's, like, kind of awkward with neighbors. You know, like, they see they see me at my lowest point, but, like, otherwise, it's fine. <laughs> see me at my lowest point. I love that. <laughs> no, I got, my, my boy went to bed last night, kind of, like, he was, like, kind of going down with my wife, and I stuck in my daughter's room, like, hey, come watch baseball with me, I'll try to teach it to you. And I just tried to teach her the game. She's like, there's a lot of numbers. I'm like, yeah, it's. Kind of a weird game, but that was, she stayed up and watched some of the game with me. That was her first response? Well, I was throwing a lot of numbers at her. Oh, so. okay. 
She was, yeah. She was, I mean, she'd rather stay up and learn baseball than have to go to bed, but I don't know if she actually enjoyed it or not. <laughs> um, I, I guess, you know, sports aside, because I would love to actually have a conversation just about sports, but I feel like people listening are like, can you get onto the music? What I, <laughs> what I love is that A, you guys did this uh, record, this new record, and then B, after listening to it, wishing that you guys were around this whole time making music because of you guys together uh, and the dynamics, you know, when you guys were working on, did kind of everything come back? Like what, I just feel like you guys must've gotten that room and been like, you know, we haven't been here for a while, but you've been playing, you you obviously hung out. It's not like it was, you haven't seen each other in forever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, just like learning, learning, we sort of like learning all the old songs. We sort of rewrote a lot of them in a, in a sense. Um, so it is sort of like we were kind of writing. That's actually a good point. Uh, yeah. I mean, that helps, you know, we, I mean, for a couple of years now, we've been right, like playing music together, which is sort of like learning to speak the same language together. Um, as far as writing the new songs, I mean, it was kind of, it's, it was a lot of passing files sort of via Dropbox, you know, um, cause we're in different cities. And then, I think only maybe two weekends we were able to like get in a room together and sort of like, you know, bang the songs out and sort of like arrange them and stuff. But yeah, a lot of it was sort of done sort of online and then like talking about the songs more than playing them. Wow. That's like, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean this, there's a little bit of a disconnect, but were you sending like detailed emails? Like what were some of the ways that you, I guess yeah, it was sort on of the like, phone. I guess I, w- I have like a four track app on my phone. So a couple of songs would start with me sending, you know, here's a couple parts and then I'd layer a couple of guitars on them. And so they were kind of fleshed out. Um, a bunch of songs started with Steve Holmes sending, he would record on his phone and just like he'd send it to us. And then, uh, Lamos would sort of record drums, you know, like maybe a week later you get a file from Lamos. So like, here's my drum idea. And then we'd all be like, you know, that's either awesome or what if that's halftime and then, you know, something else can happen. And, so it was, I mean, it was, you know, I was like talking about it and then so that would go on for a couple months and then we'd all practice like intensely for a weekend. And in that time, you sort of like hammer out all the ideas that we had. And then maybe we had, I don't know, probably like 16 or 17 or 18 ideas. And then by the time we did that another couple months and got back together in the room, we kind of whittled out to like, uh, you know, 12 or 13 ideas or something like that. And then the, we did that for a couple months, for, like talking about stuff. And then the next time we hung out was like in studio, you know, like where we had to like track the drums actually. So we had like eight or maybe it was nine days in Omaha, like all of us just like there in one room together. Actually, we were only in the room together probably five days. Um, but they were like, they were great. I mean, that's sort of like when the song totally took shape, you know, like it was sort of like, well, let's, let's uh, get these drums you know, we need to get, like, the drum tracks. We need to get, like, good takes of them. So we just sit on one song, like, for a few hours and be like, okay, like, let's do this time, you know, half as many times, let's do this twice as long. Yeah, and obviously it helps when Steve Ramos can, like, just play to a track <laughs> with, like, no problem, so that wasn't an issue at all. So, I really... Yeah. I, it, it, it's almost... I mean, y- you guys must have been insanely nervous. A you know, using the name with all the sort of, I mean, when I talked to Steve, he, he was kind of like, I didn't know. I didn't know that people were, you know, getting into this and, uh, 
you know, I, I mean, I was he, he joked that he was still getting the royalty checks from Polyvinyl, but I guess you were sort of, you know, Steve was maybe out of it a little bit, or sorry, uh, yes, uh, Lamos was a little bit out of it, but you were sort of, did you keep sensing that, like, this record no. kind of... Because I, I mean, I, I told, I got the record in 99, right? came out in 99. I remember getting it, putting it on the shelf, being like, I love those two songs. Mike's awesome. <laughs> on the shelf, I'm listening to Promise Ring more. I had no <laughs> idea that it would yeah, turn into how, this. Uh, it's like a whole, yeah, I mean, I didn't either. And he said, like, I haven't, I've been playing sort of consistently. And, you know, like people would ask for never meant at shows. And I'm like, that's funny. Like, you know, obviously people who like what I do, probably like my old band too. So I thought that that was sort of the extent of it. Um, and then, it's, you know, then it turns out, or we all sort of found out at the same time that a lot more people had heard it and sort of like, like really like cherish it. You know what I mean? Like in this way that we had no idea, which is cool. I mean, you know, we were young and it's, it was very earnest and stuff. And I think people appreciate that. I think but, that uh, really comes yeah. through that it, 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 it literally comes through um, and I, I feel like you've mentioned this in other interviews, but maybe elaborate on it. That sort of, you know, there is that youthfulness when you hear it. And you're at a certain time in your life where those lyrics or those notes or those pauses connect. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, just, I mean, it, it was, yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it's not like it's fun music to listen to or like super, I don't know. I don't know what people connect to it for, but I, I think like, but whether it's like conscious or unsubconscious, like I think people are drawn to like, just it's, it's, it's very honest, you know, like we're honestly making the mistakes that are left on the record. You know, we're honestly, you know, the, the lyrics are pretty blunt and pretty honest and stuff. So I think people connect with that or it sort of resonates with people, I guess. I use the word euphoria. That's the, <laughs> I, I wish emo was called euphoria. Cause that's the feeling I get when I listen to it. It's not sadness. It's more of this moment where you're sort of forgetting everything and you're, you know, in this zone. And maybe that's any music, but for specifically that, you know, sort of it's, it's epic um, in a lot of ways. Um, uh, it's the, you know, the, the sort of the loud soft, the whole Nirvana thing, you know, that's what put mm. me with them. Um, and you guys, I mean, and also you guys had such different tastes coming together, which I think at the time you didn't want to sound like Braid. You didn't want to sound like the promise ring. Yeah. I mean, we all, I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, we, we kind of consciously were like, you know, let's play a little quieter and let's play a little slower. Let's, let's play this part for four minutes instead of like, you know, like jumping around and being all disjointed and angular and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, but we also didn't expect anybody to really ever hear it. You know, we weren't like, we also weren't like starting a band. Well, we weren't like, you know, like some people started a band, they're like, this is the band name, this is the logo, <laughs> these are the t-shirt designs, now let's write some songs and we're going to tour and stuff. Like, we were the opposite. We're like, we like kind of wrote some songs sort of like slowly over, over a few years, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, we weren't very ambitious. Does the new record feel more complete to you because you've had such a role in the marketing rollout and, you know, polyvinyl's <laughs> at a different place and you guys are at a different, did it, it feel more? Oh yeah. This, this feels more like a, this is sort of like the most pro record I've ever been involved in, you know, like in terms of marketing and the label sort of being involved in like, uh, you know, just like there's a bunch of people talking about the artwork where every other band of been sort of like, okay, the band just sort of sends over the artwork. Here's what it is and stuff. And this time it's more like, 
what's the concept, guys? You know, like, let's have a conversation about it and, like, all this stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's everything's a different thing now, which is so funny because this is also, I mean, we kind of view it the same way. We're like, we all have these lives going on. So it's still, like, in our heads, it's still, like, this part-time thing but it's sort of getting like the pro treatment or something. But Lamo said um, the same thing. He's like, I have the coolest part-time job. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, it's I'm, part-time I, job. I'm, I'm told to go over here and I play. And, uh, I mean, he was kind of joking about the Webster shows and I had, you know, I maybe saw you for five seconds and you got, it just seemed like it was this, holy shit. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people out here we played these songs in Champagne, and now we're here doing three nights. It seemed like yep. a lot. It was it was a total lot. I said I, in some interview, it came out like, I mean, we still yeah, we didn't. That was probably the most nervous was like those Webster Hall shows. Um, Champagne like felt like sort of like playing the variety show. It's like you, like playing the variety show after you graduate from high school or something. Like you come back you're like, oh my god, remember he was in that band and now he's playing. Like people think you're cool. That's um, totally the right analogy. That's perfect. No, it was cool. Like, you know, like it was like local, local heroes or something. Yeah. Or heroes in any way, but, um, you know, just a bunch of friends, you know, it's such like a inviting warm crowd and stuff. Um, and it was set up by Seth who like, Seth's fine. We all like know and we're all friends with. So it's like, it just felt like an easy kind of like, I don't know. It just, there wasn't as much pressure. And then New York is like a different animal and it was three nights in a row. But I think like, it was kind of great because like once we got past that, it was sort of like, holy shit, we can do this. You know what I mean? Like, and we should do this more because it's super fun. So trial by fire sort of thing. Yeah. One thing I ta- I just thought about this too is your relationship with Polyvinyl and Matt and Darcy and, you know, kind of his start and his connection to you guys and you're sticking with them um, and they're doing right by it. And it just, yes, you can, you know, say yes, Polyvinyl's great and everything was awesome. But is there something about Matt or those guys that maybe people don't know or how you guys are so connected? Um, but I, they're just like a similar, there's just like a similar goal. Like they've had the same contrast with their bands for like the whole time, you know, it's like a 50, 50 split after, I mean, you know, whatever money is to be made is split 50, 50 between band and, oops, excuse me, and label. Uh, they just, yeah, they're in it for the right reasons, you know? So, and they're, I mean, I've said before, like, it's like Matt and Darcy are like my second set of parents, kind of, you know, like, they kind of like, they're there to help me. They sort of like, they know when to like not chime in and then they'll like kind of be like, well, this would be good for you and stuff. And then by extension too, like the whole, like everybody else is at the label, like Seth and Andy and everybody, like, you know, like they take care of me in like a familial way. Um, yeah. And I just, I just, there's something about, I just have heard horror stories about labels and stuff and. I mean, every band I've ever talked to is like some sort of problem. And I'm like, I don't have any of that. You know, like I totally trust the guys that are putting my music out. So it's cool. That's great. And also too, I think a band that maybe a lot of people listening maybe know about, or maybe let's do a couple songs, but I've heard more and more come up as a band. That's been a big part of some of these bands lives and helping them. And that's Rainer Maria. Oh yeah. How, how um, those guys, you know, maybe give a, I can, I've spouted off about them, but hearing from somebody else about their influence and how they're like trailblazers, they took so many people out on the road. Well, they were, I mean, they were, I mean, they're a great band, first of all, like musically, um, they, they were unique and talented and 
had great tones. <laughs> and so they were like, you know, like everybody else is sort of like plunking away in a basement. And then when it was like their set, they were kind of huge in this way that like other bands weren't, you know, like they were really loud. Uh, Caitlin's voice is so awesome and sort of booming and awesome. Uh, yeah, so they were great. So everybody sort of loved them. And then they happened to be really cool, really smart, really nice people, like thoughtful people. And then, yeah, I don't know. They were just like, they, and at the time, they, that's what they did. They toured a ton. So like everybody played with them, everybody knew them, everybody loved them. Um, I mean, specifically for me, they like, I sort of started playing solo because I was selling their merch, but like, I would just like fly out to like, they would practice at Caitlin's parents, like farm in Connecticut. And I'm like, okay, I got nothing to do. Like I graduated college. So I'd fly out and hang out with them for a few days while I practice. And then I'd like be their roadie for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, eventually they're like, well, why don't you just play these songs before we play? You can like open the show. Cause I was like sitting on some songs or something. So, and then I'm like, okay, I guess I got to call it something. And so it's sort of like, I started playing solo just because, they were like, go ahead and play before we play. So, yeah. If, if, if Matt and Darcy are my sort of surrogate mother and father, the, all of Ryan and Maria are sort of my surrogate brothers and sisters, kind of like older brothers and sisters. Like they kind of showed me how to do it and stuff. Yeah. I've just, it's, it seems that they've done that so many times, and I'm happy that they're back. Um, oh, their, yeah. Their residency at, at Union Pool was absolutely amazing. Again, that same sound, it just came at you. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like a wall of sound. Yeah, it is. And it's only three of them. And like, yeah, it's so cool. Uh, so I hope they kind of get a little more uplift. Um, I know they're working on some stuff and they've, they've got things uh, in, in the hopper. And I, I hope that they kind of get their due um, in, a, in a different way. Yeah, I think they should and will. I mean, I know they're finishing up the album now and stuff, so. It's just sort of getting started for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. So um, everybody out there, Raina Maria, you can stop the podcast, listen to the records, uh, and then you can come back. All right, great, you're back. Uh, there was, um, they, I should also say, yes. I should also say, like, Raina Maria, like, as older brothers and sisters, like, I didn't drink off of college, and so I, like, started drinking, hanging out with them, and, you know, like, I started, like, you know, we just got, like, tour stories and stuff. So, yeah, like, they... They sort of like I sort of grew up under them as people. I mean, not you know as a band too, but also as mostly as people. Did they ever so, have to? Yeah, uh, did they ever have to scold you? Uh, I don't know if they ever scolded me. I don't know who was. Uh, maybe Bill was a designated driver, so he was probably he was probably the most annoyed with me. You know, <laughs> but uh, he never really yelled at me too much. <laughs> Bill talked more with his fists than with his mouth. Really. So. Was yeah, he? A, was, you can ask him about that. He, um, I will. So he had some fisticuffs <laughs> in him. <laughs> He's capable of it in an awesome way. Yeah. Was that when like a promoter didn't pay up? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Bill's awesome. He, I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's not like starting fights. He's just, you know, he's just finishing them. <laughs> we just had the quote for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something you had said in, um, I think I forget which, there was so much stuff going on. Your publicist is fantastic. Uh, (laughs) and there was an interesting thing that you kind of said, which I love that you said, and I think what part of why I'm maybe on this earth, but that sort of thing about that common misconception about the band, that it's sad, that 
Um, it's an outlet and you know, it was just punk. It was kind of doing what was different. I mean, post hardcore was because they didn't want to be hardcore bands and they wanted to sing. And I feel Mm -hmm. like the next level was they wanted to be quieter and sing. And it kind of just has this cycle where someone's in indie rock. It just, that, that sort of, if someone says emo and they say American football, I sometimes kind of, I don't know. I guess it connects, but then also it doesn't. Um, and I guess you're stuck in it, but, and you're dealing with it, but it just seems like it's that whole thing about, it's not sad to me. And that's that, yeah. that moment. Well, that I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of like heavy topics or something, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I guess, I don't know. It's not as sad. It's just like, it doesn't mean that I'm sad or like, you know, like the band or like, I don't know. We're just like regular dudes. But like the music that we want to express is, comes out that way, I guess. I don't know. But then sometimes when someone's bad, sad, bad, someone's bad, uh, someone's sad, uh, you know, if it's an indie rock band or someone that's a singer songwriter, it doesn't get attached. It's, it's sort of, yeah, right. it's just, it's, some things, I guess over time, some things do and some things don't. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. We, I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, I also, I don't know if it needs to get figured out. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and then of course I loved your thing about, you sort of, uh, ended the conversation about you. I love that you're, I, I'm too tired all the time to care. You have, you're, you're, you're a dad, you've got stuff going on, you have all these bands, uh, there's, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the part, that's the part I'm sort of learning about, like, you know, like realizing people listen to this band or know this band and then people have opinions about this band and you're like, wait, what do you mean you have like opinions about like me or my band? Like, I'm just this guy, like this guy that wrote these songs. Some of them I wrote 20 years ago, some of them I just wrote now, but like, it's, it's still kind of like, it's, it's weird to be, it's just weird to think that people are like, this is like the first time I've made records where like, I'm going to assume people are going to hear it. Like the other, the other records I make, I'm just like, I guess there's like some people listening, but like, you know, every time I play a show, there's not that many people. And like, you know, so it's, I can kind of like get by thinking no one's actually going to hear it. But this time there's no sort of fake in it. So kind of weird. Yeah. People will hear this. Because basically, because we have that great publicist you're talking about. Yes, fantastic publicist. But the yep. the also, I think for you being able to do this, I mean, is this is full time for you now, right? It's it's yeah, one project yeah. to the next. I mean, is this something where you've been able? To, are, are you are you comfortable now? And are we? You know, is it something that you you've got a way that you're like, wow, this kind of works. Yeah, I feel, I mean, every year I'm alive, I feel like way more comfortable sort of in my own skin, like in this, I mean, which is funny, I said this in interviews, like that whole first record was just like, at that time, I was just like this super shy kind of scared guy, you know, and I'm not that guy anymore. So obviously this new, the new American football is not going to sound like that, which is sort of people's initial criticism is like, oh, the vocals are like too upfront and all this stuff. I'm like, well, that's sort of my personality now, I guess. Um but can I, stop? I, I people when those first songs came out and just said sounds like Owen, I went what a what is it supposed know, to sound like? Confused. What is it supposed to sound like? And B, this is these guys. It's like age. It's not like they're gonna. You can't be twenty again. You're like right. you're totally right. You're this, more this, confident. You know, Lamos yeah. is more confident and a better drummer. 
uh, you know, Holmes, like everybody, Nate in the mix, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. It can't. No, that's a, I mean, yeah, I know. And we were, we're totally content with that. Like, if that's the criticism is it doesn't sell out the first record, well, then, you know, we don't really, what can we do about it? That's cool, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I also yeah. think that there's more, you're more, I, I joked about this with um, Lamos. I said, if you have a shitty time at a restaurant, you're more apt to go on Yelp or Google whatever and oh, write right, something. Right, 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 right. But if you love it, you're just going to hug it and go in your room and like get stoked or be on your walk. You're not going to, you know, go on Yelp and be like, man, that's steak. It, I mean, it was fantastic. Like you're not, right, it's right. more apt to do that. So I think based on the response of the songs, um, there's always going to be that. And maybe again, when that first record came out, think of the, think of Twitter was out then. There wouldn't have been a tweet. No, exactly. There wouldn't well, have mean, been an exactly. American like, football tweet. It would have been, man, Promise Ring's awesome. I'm just joking. But like, like it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't, it, it, again, it, you're right. It kind of came out and went away. And I think yeah, it just, it just really frustrates me with that assumption. That it would be the same. You mean? Yeah. Or just that, yeah. No, I know. I mean, I'm, we, I mean, we obviously knew going in, there'd be like, just people have lived with the other records so long. Like you can't, they're not going to accept that this is the same band. And to some degree, it's not the same band. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, it's not like we're faking it, but it's like, we're different people. And, you know, we added a bass player who like, is like, was like super involved with the writing and stuff. So like, it's going to be different, you know, but I don't know. I mean, we're pretty stoked about it. We're all excited about how it came out. I absolutely, you know, for me wanting to do all this stuff, like if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be doing all this. And I yeah. think there's Ooh. so there's stuff about it that you can hear. You can hear that that's a little nod to that song on the old record, or you can tell when because it's you guys in a room. And to think that you guys are able to do that now, I also think is is a beautiful thing um, that you're able yeah. to. Ooh. It's not like you know Lamos can't do it because of X reason, or you're stuck, um, you know, playing arena tours with somebody. Whatever it is. <laughs> That's not happening yet. <laughs> it's not that one. It's not that one. Um, do you have any um, favorites on the album or any ones that, you know, you had fun putting together? Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a few of them that I'm, like, kind of, like, super proud of. Uh, Give Me the Gun, that one's been sort of released already. Um, that song sort of started with, what was the song that started with the Lamos drum beat? You know, just he was just playing some weird drum beats. And then Nate sent over a file of him putting some, like, sort of, I mean, it's just drums and bass, a bass line at first. Um, and then those harmonics came. I think Nate came up with those harmonics, too. I think Nate, Nate kind of wrote the song on top of Lamos's drum beat. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I, I really, you know, loved it initially right off the bat. And then I feel like uh, the sort of the words and the way they're sung, I'm sort of excited about. I think I did a good job. <laughs> Better than I did with some of the other songs. So when I close my eyes, that one is such a. There's like a lot of. Yes, it's when you do that for any song, but this one really like it. When you it kind of perked my ears multiple times through the song. Yeah. No. And and think we also arrangement. We didn't get like too clever or anything. We just like we just let the song happen, and I think it's in a good way. Um, yeah. And some of the songs, you know, like we struggled, you know, a hundred times more about, and it's not like they turned out a hundred times better. You know, sometimes the easiest one is 
or the easier option is the better option. But um, I like that one. I like Home is Where the Haunt is. Um, I think Mike. the production on Home is Mike, Where the Haunt is. That one's the fucking jam. That's a good jam, right? And I think uh, Jason Cup, who produced the record, like killed it, like on that song in particular. Um, I love the, yeah. the like the opening into where it kind of first gets big. I just thought the levels mm-hmm. of that, it was that right sort of loud, sort of soft loud um, for yeah. me that just was like, okay, now we're here. Yeah, yeah. It's satisfying <laughs> for sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What cool. about that one was, was fun? Or at least you know, um, same kind of thing. Did it start with Holmes? Was it that was, was it a, uh, that, I had that sort of main guitar part, and I planned on using it for Owen, and then Holmes liked it a lot, and... I was like, no, we'll use that or whatever. And then I think we hung out, like, just the two of us to try to get some stuff done. And he had, like, a guitar part written for the whole thing. So, yeah, I was like, okay, I guess it's an American football song. So uh, that one got there. And that's the same thing where, like, it was kind of, you know, me and Holmes just sort of, like, made an arrangement, a loose one, and then we just played along to it. And that ended up being, like, how it actually turned out. So it didn't take too much, you know, tricky. There wasn't any tricks or anything involved in that one. Uh, I've been lost for so long has been another that's been a grower on me. That one, uh, Holmes started that one with like this sort of main picky part that the song starts with. Um, that was the first one we sort of wrote together as a band again. So we were like, we, we played that one instrumental live a couple of times, like some variation of it or whatever. But, um, yeah, that one is, uh, you know, we were like, oh, this kind of sounds you know, like, really? Can can Lamos just stomp on that kick drum the whole time? And we're like, yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> Why not? Like, you know, I'm sure somebody on the internet will complain about it, but whatever, it sounds good. It's fun to play. It feels good. So, And then yeah. uh, Born to Lose? Born to Lose was one I was saying, like, on uh, my four-track phone thing, I sort of had, I had that one kind of mapped out. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, once we kind of, once we got it tight and stuff, because it's kind of this like sort of subtle math rock kind of thing. Um, yeah, that one's, I like that one too a lot. And then the vocals, I sort of was like channeling Shudder to think on that one in a way that I'm, I'm kind of excited about. There's a whole, there's an end. Uh, it wasn't a fade out. There was a hard end before and there was this vocal line and I got vetoed. Everybody else, you know, didn't like it or something, but it was, it was such a Shudder to think not that, uh, I was like super excited about it. That brings up an interesting point that I didn't think about. The re- I mean, you guys obviously only knew so many bands at 20 or 21. <laughs> and now you've had all those extra years where I'm sure Lamos has gotten into, you know, different eras of whatever music and every, you kind of, again, that's going to happen. Um, yes. Yeah. And it seems it's not like you're just, I mean, I'm not still listening to earth crisis. Oh, I hope that. Jeez. <laughs> uh, but for you guys, did you feel that, you know, the, if it was guitar playing or drumming, or, you know, or even Nate, it was like, oh, wow, I didn't know you had that in you. You know, were you sort of, because uh, when, before you guys were just figuring it out, you didn't, you didn't have a PA, you didn't, you know, no, 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 sure, yeah. borrowing stuff. Well, this I, is what, part of why this kind of worked and why we knew it could work in any way was that. I mean, I, I mean this in a positive way. Like Holmes hasn't played in twelve years, or you know what I mean. Like he played a little, he played a little bit after American Ball. Him and Ramos were in a band called The Geese um, for a couple of years, maybe. But then he just sort of like you know put his guitar down for a while. Um, 
So the stuff he, like, when we first decided, like, okay, we can try to, you know, let's try it. Let's see what comes up. The parts he was sending over just sounded like, you know, like, just, they just sound like original album demos. You know what I mean? Like, they sort of, like, his style is very similar to what he was he was doing originally. So uh, in a good way. So we were kind of like, oh, this sounds like American football. That's cool. Because I don't know. There's a, a few songs that we recorded that that didn't make it on the record or whatever. And, um, mostly just cause they didn't sound maybe like American football. You know, we didn't know how to make them. They turned into something else kind of. Um, and that, it's not a bad thing, but we sort of like, we sort of, uh, narrowed it down on, up for like the album to like the, to what sounds like American football, you know, or what sounds like it the most kind of, um, yeah. So, I mean, it, Holmes is sort of like, yeah, he's 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 still in the same zone, which is cool. It worked out really good that we got the new album. Um, it's, it's almost like, and I hope people get this reference, and if not, I'll explain the movie. I mean, it's almost like he was in Cino Man. Like you sort of woke him up, <laughs> and it's like, here's a guitar, and you're like, all yeah, right, I, well, I mean, 1999, yeah. let's do it. The same thing, like I mean, in in the, yeah, exactly. Like, well, we need to write songs, you know, in this style, and he's like, well, let me see what I got, and so he like. He sent over, you know, if he sent over 20 things, you know, maybe three of them were him playing, uh, they sound like Beatles songs on a Rhodes or something, because he's got that, that vibe in the tune. But the rest of them were like, oh my God, yeah, you can totally do something with this, you know? So that's why, I mean, that's, some of the songs I was like, oh yeah, that's that's exactly what we would have done then, you know? So, yeah. Cool. I, think, I mean, I think when, you're, when your stage show gets bigger and you do MSG, I think that's that should be a scene. Like you should have him pretend to be like come back to life and just hand him the guitar. <laughs> yeah. A fake ice uh what's it called? Yeah. Cryogenic, right? Yep, cryogenic. Yeah. Gotta melt them. Yeah. Get them out of there. I I mean I'm look, I'm just giving you guys ideas. You don't have to take them. It's fine. Um, idea man. I'll I'll give you time to find a pen to write these down, all these ideas. <laughs> um what is the sort of um, thought again you guys haven't thought the record's coming out very soon you've got some touring plans everyone has a life kids and families and um, wives that say come home um, you know you've got projects I feel like you're you know always doing something which is fantastic for fans of, of you there's always something coming um, how long do you feel that the American football part is it something that I mean, again, I wished if if hearing this record, I'd wished you'd been just every few years you got back together and put something out. Yeah, but we had no idea anybody cared or that we would enjoy it. <laughs> like there, no, I just meant no... me hindsight, me hindsight thinking. Yeah, right, right, right. But like sure. moving forward, like, is it something that you see like, oh, you want to get together in another four years? Sure. Yeah, I mean, we got, uh, you know, we've got just a handful of shows planned and that's sort of it. I mean, we have sort of like, long-term more kind of goals, uh, i.e. get back to Japan and play shows there because we all love it. Um, but I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't, yeah, I don't, and we're also like, I don't know, you know, we'll see how this record goes, you know. Um, it's not the kind of thing, like, it's not like this isn't, this isn't the main income or anything. We're not like, uh, I don't know. We're not... <laughs> We're not really doing this. We're just pretending to really do it. Um, Which is sort of what the you other did guys in 99. Got... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the other guys, you know, they got jobs that, you know, nobody's like, it's not keeping the house over anybody's head or anything. So, we, uh, it's just about sort of enjoying it. And I think if, it, if that sort of goes away, then 
then it'll probably slow down again. But we're enjoying it still now, and we're excited. I mean, like, the album comes out in what, a couple of weeks, so, yeah, I can't wait to read, you know, proper reviews of the whole album and stuff, see if people like it. And then for you, personally, with the music stuff, do you, are you, is there anything that you want to add? Is there any, I mean, you're, if it's your own stuff, if it's there, 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 um, you know, there's all, there's just, is there stuff that you want to add to it or do, um, things that you haven't done? I don't know. I'm kind of excited to write just this past week. I've been writing a new Owen song. I hadn't, I sort of finished that record last winter and literally dove straight into the American football record and hadn't even thought about Owen then in whatever, six months, however long it's been. And now, yeah, I've got a couple ideas that I keep, I'm just now starting to pick up the guitar again. So yeah, I mean, it's just a pattern. It's sort of like, if you don't do something long enough, you miss it. And then if you do it too much, you kind of get burnt out or something. So, so if, is that sort of how you treat a lot of the projects? Because I mean, I'm talking about sort of writer's block and each time you're with a different group of people or you're by yourself. Does that help? Yeah. Oh, it helps immensely. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't do one thing all the time. Like I would, I, <laughs> I not only would quit bands, I, I have quit every band I've been in just cause they kind of like, I mean, being in a band isn't that isn't that cool, actually. <laughs> but being in like a part time band is super cool. You know, like being in a band where you can like literally just pick the city that you want to play because you can only get away for one weekend every month um, instead of having to drive around the country to get to those cities. Um, that's sort of the goal, and I'm sort of there now, and it's it's cool. It's great. I'm also like home enough that it's sort of like I understand what real life is. You know, like if I'm gone for a week and everybody's giving me free beer. I'm like, life's awesome. All the beer's free. And then I get home and I'm like wiping the kid's butt. Um, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, this is what real life is. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah, otherwise, all my songs just be about only free beer. So. Yeah, because I mean, you're, I'm sure your kids and your wife r- r- remind you daily, your dad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah. <laughs> Minutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you dealt with writer's block? You know, is there a time where you, is it just you put it away and work on something else with, with somebody? What's what's some of the process? I, I mean, it used to be it used to like be like frustrating. I used to you know if I put an L, an Owen album out of two years, maybe I was on pace for a little bit, which means you know I did like write a new batch of songs, record you know like the whole schedule of it. Um, so I would kind of stress out about it. I'd be like, well, I know I got to get in the studio in a couple months. I better write songs. Um, I'm just like, it doesn't, I don't know. Like it's, it all comes back to not having, not having to do this makes it a lot easier to like not have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I'm not feeling it. So, you know, either way I get up and get these kids to school. My wife goes and she works like super hard every day to make money to pay our mortgage. So it's not like, um, yeah, there's not like pressure actually on me to do anything which is cool. And it, it sort of helps me write actually to not have the pressure. So yeah, you're not sitting there being like, I got to write a jingle. Yeah. I'm not just like holding the guitar, like, you know, banging my head into it or something. Maybe I'm just I'll like, try like, open like, like e-tuning. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, yeah. But that's what, yeah. So like just this past week, so I've, I've been fine sort of, I mean, I enjoyed my whole summer, like played some shows, was home a lot. Um, and then school has started and then I, played some shows i'm home a lot and then just literally in the past week i'm just like oh my god i want to pick that guitar up and it's cool it's a good feeling to have but it's not yeah but 
Well, I just say, but it's not, it's not necessary. It's just a good feeling to have, you know? Have you, I've sometimes tried if it's different, different guitars or again, like I joked about the tunings or, Mm -hmm. uh, capo, um, Oh yeah. Or like I got, I got stuck in six, eight for, I think 10 years. Um, (laughs) was is there any of those times where you're like, wow, those last 10 songs, like for me, it's like, those are all in six, eight. I think we need to do something. They're all, I know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely, you know, you kind of get in ruts or phases or something. Um, Plug in. I mean, that's a cool thing, too. American football, like, I get to, like, plug in an electric guitar through pedals and stuff. So that, like, you know, you approach that differently than just sitting with... Most often at home, I'm picking up... My daughter has, like, a three-quarter size acoustic. So that's, like... I play. I pick up and play that because it's, like, super easy to walk around with. Um, yeah, but you definitely get in the rut with that because it's, like, small and kind of toyish a little bit. But, yeah. But I don't the, know. But yeah, it's. I guess for it's just interesting because I think a lot of musicians are out there, sort of like I've been, you know, staring at my guitar. So what what things yeah. can I do to? And I think your thing about playing with other people and having other projects and not feeling pressure. If you don't feel like you have a song, don't sit there. And I think sometimes yeah, people, yeah, yeah. you know, they sort of like I gotta write a song. I gotta write a song. And all this stuff, like uh, it's all planned so far in advance because it's planned around families and jobs and stuff like American football shows are playing four or five longer in advance. So it's sort of like, well, I know I'm going to be busy in February, you know, so I don't have, it's not like I have nothing to do. I just had nothing to do till February. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, like in that time, I'm like, okay, I've got all that time. Maybe if I can write a batch of new Owen songs by the time the American football stuff dies down, then maybe I can think about getting back in the studio. You know, like you just, yeah, you can sort of schedule it sort of loosely. It's not like, you know, like how am I going to, I need to play a show at the end of the week or something to make some money or something. So. And then for you, like topic wise, if it was, I mean, Owen, or even if it's American football <laughs> lyrics, has, has that, have you, if you, if you can look at your career, like, can you just, do you cringe at early stuff? Or are you excited? Uh, is oh, even now, or you're just excited. like, cause lyrics for me, I'm always, that's always last for me to i just i'm such the riff oriented thing i feel like sometimes i would cringe um but no one's gonna hear anything i've ever done but for you who's a professional uh ha- have you cringed or oh yeah i mean it's like it's, it's like it's it's a lot closer to cringing than um being excited or something but uh i don't know i guess i don't listen to a lot of the like i don't listen to stuff i've done a lot after i've done it um, partly for that reason. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, if I play an Owen set, I know I'm going to play songs from, like, 10 years ago or something. Um, and there's... Yeah, I don't know. I try not to worry about it, I guess. Because <laughs> if I go through and worry about it, then it make me never want to, like, write a song or leave my house again. So I'll just ignore it. I'll pretend it didn't happen. I'll try to write something that I like now and can relate to now and then see if I can keep doing it. Yeah. And then too, I was going to mention sort of playing with family, you know, getting to play with Nate, um, uh, you know, Tim does a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. has that been kind of, you know, funny at family get togethers, you know, where it's like, oh, there's <laughs> the, there's, there's all, all the musicians. Um, um, there's been a couple like on, uh, cause Nate is on my dad's side. So I think when this first started, you know, like we'd have whatever, like some family party and, 
people are like, your guys' band is playing, huh? Like, they're all like, you know, they're excited to see it on the internet or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's not a, it's great to see Nate a lot more than I used to see him and talk to him a lot more. I'm such a fan of his. That, uh, I would love for you to tell people about Birthmark. Yeah, Birthmark's the best. That's, I mean, that's how, I was like, okay, we can do these shows as long as we have a bass player and as long as the bass player is my cousin Nate. <laughs> and then the thieves were like, oh, okay, I don't know. And then I'm like, well, check out his solo stuff. And they're all, and they're both like, holy cow, this guy's great. You know, like, he's so clever. And so, just his personality fits with all of us so good. Like, he's like, he's just so sort of reserved and relaxed. And, it, you know, there's a lot of situations we could have been in being dudes that haven't played in big shows before or playing songs and played in 15 years and all this, where we could have been stressed out. It could have got ugly, but like, he sort of like keeps everybody like, he's totally like a, an anchor of sorts. I mean, even the Owen show that at rough trade, which I had never seen birthmark. So that was my first time. And oh, I was yeah. thoroughly impressed. Uh, usually if it's, if it's one person, I better know all the songs because I get yeah. bored quick. But for him, it was so much going on and, there was so much depth to it that oh yeah, it, I didn't. And, but if you can. There's so much. Every going show on. he plays, like if you had it on tape, you can like it'd be like fun to go and watch it again because you would you could spend a month trying to figure out what the, like what what is he doing you know like because he's switching he's switching the beat under like some program stuff and then he'll switch the program stuff on top of the beat but he's playing it all at the same time like it's so cool yeah. I mean I, I mean and then for him it just seems like you know the output has been different. For musically musically for you it's been a lot and for him it hasn't been as much um, well he's he's a musical genius and he like seriously can't he, he i think he has a hard time knowing when something's done because he can potentially change every aspect of it all the time so it's sort of like well this song could be done or i can like make the drums move to this kind of thing you know what i mean like there's no i don't know so i think he needs help sort of having somebody or you need someone to help him, like, kind of, like, uh, slap him in the face or something. <laughs> He's like, dude, it's awesome. You're done. You know what I mean? Put this record out. He should, just, the next one. He, just, he should just record everything and then send it to you, and he's not he's not allowed mm-hmm. to mess with it once he sends it. And then he can't touch it. Well, yeah. he sort of has that relationship uh, with Jason, who's doing our sound and engineered the record and stuff, has done the last few Birthmark records. And I think that's kind of the relationship. It's sort of like, they both work on it intensely for a while, and then Jason's like, okay, this has to be done. Like, it's good enough. It's good. Yeah. I mean, you guys so. should do, like, an instrumental project or something. <laughs> Me and Nate are, we have a project going on. Oh, look at that. And so far, it is instrumental, yeah. Uh, are you kidding? Did, did about, I just about, call a Mike Kinsella collaboration without doing anything? You just made it up. You pulled it out. Um, <laughs> we did, like, nine songs last year. And they're just like sort of sketches. We just like locked ourselves in a studio with mm-hmm. Jason um, for a few days, maybe like five days or something. And then we're doing it again in uh, December. We're doing the same thing, just blocked off a week. And we don't even have any plans. We're just going to go in there and see what happens. So we're kind of, I mean, we don't know what to do. We don't know if we should finish them ourselves or if we should like get different vocalists to sing on each song, you know, so like everyone's different. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. What about if what you the had parameters this, are? Yeah, what if you had the song that was instrumental, but then a separate version had the vocal? Oh yeah, right. Release both. Yeah, Re- release both because then people would maybe fuck with the instrumental one. Or, I mean, I would I would love if the vocal track was separate, 
but you released both versions and then released the stems or whatever, and then people could like yeah. play with the vocal. I don't know. See, who knows? This is the this is the fun part. This is how you're asked like. This is what I'm saying. Like, okay, if I'm bored now or if I'm stuck at writing now, I'm like, well, in December, I'm gonna I know I've got a week in the studio with. Yeah, I got my, I'm week in the studio with my favorite people. So, at the very least, it'll be fun, and it's potentially going to be awesome. And there's no, there's no pressure to do anything. So, yeah, any idea is, is a good idea. So, yeah, I'm really excited well, about it. My ideas are dumb, so don't take them. You guys are fine. You guys can figure <laughs> that out. I like that stem idea, though. We, I think we kind of talked a little bit about that. Like, if it's a way, like if. People can manipulate it in some way, but we don't really know how or exactly uh, what. I can help with that. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, uh, I think, too, the people, you know, you guys together, if it's, we talked about Nate and sort of his way, his relationship with you kind of being able to be sort of a little bit of a rock. Uh, other than playing music with Holmes and um, Lamos, what's some of your favorite parts about hanging out with them? Is it talking about sports with them or is it being able to, you know, uh, go to this restaurant that you always like to go to together. I think we're all sort of like, I think we we bond a lot about just like, uh, first of all, how crazy this whole experience is. So like, you know, if I don't see him for a month, we get back together. Like, this is so cool. We're going to Barcelona <laughs> or like whatever. <laughs> so like, we do that for like half the trip. Um, and then, you know, we bond about sort of just like, I, you know, it's, we're all, we're all like, uh, we're all in this unique uh, situation where we're like, get to do this shit while we're also like leaving family at home and stuff. So we get to bond over that a lot. Um, you know, like I got dad friends that, you know, when I pick up the kids at school, but they don't do what I do. So like, you know, there's like a different, I don't know, dynamic. Um, so yeah. I think we kind of get along in that way. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I'm uh, sports a little bit. You're, yeah. Well, also too, you're stuff. in a very, you're in a very small group of, Holy shit! We're in this band that's now doing all these things. Group, which is three. <laughs> right? No, it's exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure every other band at Pickup has their own solo project. <laughs> that that isn't that successful, but yeah, like, holy shit! We're in a band coming like traveling and doing cool stuff. Um, so we're, you know, mostly just talking about how we are appreciating doing it and how like how fast we have to get home you know, to pretend, you know, like we didn't have fun the whole trip because our wife would be mad. So <laughs> now New York, New York was horrible. Fine. New York was horrible. No one was there. It's fine. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. That uh, whole Webster, Webster hall weekend was like so fun. My wife came for that. And I think, I think there were other wives there too. Yeah. Um, maybe it was so fun. So good. I've never had more fun DJing. Uh, oh yeah, exactly right. Like because I, it was like I knew the audience so well that I knew when they got into your band. And yes, there were newer fans, but it was like I could play new school and old school, and like the nodding <laughs> right. of the heads or, at, like, I remember I, I think I played like an Appleseed Cast song, and you just, I mean, I heard people go, "Oh shit!" Yeah, like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fun, right? <laughs> Which it <laughs> felt cool. it kind of to me. Bef- it was before you were playing. It just it felt as if the room was connected um, yeah. by that, by those. And then people were turning to each other and like, do you know this song and shazamming it? Or it kind of brought people back when maybe they would just be sitting on their phone, but that other sound right. was sort of pulling them together. Yeah, no, it was cool. I mean, that's a good way to say it too. Like it was like 
just the fact that they all knew who American football were, like there's this common thing with everybody there. And I think that was like, it makes for a cool vibe, you know? And I think the, you know, the visual stuff that you guys are doing. And again, that's something I want to talk about really quickly. And then we'll, we'll wrap up. It's just the visual stuff about it, where that house, where the photos and you guys going back and taking photos again and kind of continuing that, the video, the, the visuals, the audio, or the, not the audio, but the visuals that you're putting out, um, you had time and you've been able to kind of craft this. Um, yeah. Has that been everybody? Has that been Holmes kind of calling and being like, what if we did this? Or Well, else? you know, initially I got to give uh, our manager Chase credit. We were like, fuck that house, man. Really? Like, we don't need, we don't need to keep using that house and everything. And then, I mean, like, so we did the backdrop and that was cool. And then, you know, some insurance and stuff. And then when it came time for like a new record, you know, my, and my initial thing was like, fuck that house, anything but that house. And then after sort of talking about it and, you know, eventually worked their way towards like, okay, let's use the house and we'll do it like a different perspective, you know, like, and I thought that was cool to sort of make like bookends from the first and second album. So, um, I've come full circle. I've come to uh, appreciate the house as, <laughs> I don't know, the iconic symbol of the band or something. Fuck that house. Fuck that house. That was my initial reaction, though. That was the first... That was I have the a name. lot of bad initial reactions. That was the name of the record, originally, I That think. was it. Fuck that house, right. And it was all... The whole record was in the style of Screeching Weasel. It was awesome. <laughs> or or the queers, right? Or the... Yeah, it was all the queers. But then, yeah, it got scrapped last minute. I love that stuff, by the way. Like, the Mr. Queers and Screeching Weasel? Yeah, like, Screeching Weasel. Sure. Mr. C uh, experience. There's just some days where you need that. <laughs> uh, Mike, I'm super excited yep. that you guys have done this, that you've been able to complete something, and I hope it continues. I hope that, you know, Holmes, Lamos, and Nate, you guys can, you know, I don't know, again, maybe when you're all bored with something else again, or you're getting <laughs> a room that you're at a family reunion and, um, or you're at a wedding or something and you kind of talk again and, um, and continue to do this because it kind of struck a chord with a lot of people. And I think it's amazing that people are still talking about it. Yeah. I think it's crazy. I really, I really appreciate the interest, Tom, that you've had, you know, consistently. So thanks, man. I appreciate that because there are people that haven't been talking about this that all of a sudden are. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> like, I mean, it is, it, I, now that you mentioned that, it is kind of interesting that the there's like this insane resurgence of press where I'm like, were people did they listen to this record and not tell anybody? Yeah. I don't I don't I mean, yeah, I don't know. We we don't have an answer for it. I have a theory. I have a theory that like, yeah, maybe these like you know, kids got into it in like their late teens or college or something. And then they just kind of shelved it but they like liked it, but they didn't really care. But now they're sort of like, they hold positions now at like media places and they're like, oh man, remember this old band that I liked? Like, we can do a story about that. I think it's like, it's come full circle where like the, the original fans are now like, have positions now where they're like, it's sort of tastemakers or something. Or, so, or, or some old schmuck has a podcast. I think that's or some old schmuck has a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that could be it too. <laughs> but no, you're right. It is. Cool. They're, they're in their 20s and you know, they're doing that stuff. Um, any last words for um, fans of yourself in American football? Anything else that they can look out for? We've talked about a lot. I'm excited for stuff with Nate, but anything else that people are looking out for? I don't know. No, nothing else. 
<laughs> oh, my last request. Can I have an yeah. idea? Can, would you do the new album front to back and then the hits? The hits meaning the old songs. Oh, live? Yeah. Is it That's not possible? Cool is it not possible because of tunings? No, tunings is not an issue. That's a cool idea. I mean... That would be fun for like a record release show at least. Yeah, um, just somehow to like, because you could tie together visuals or it's it, 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 the album, the album listening experience is something that is hard. I mean, I listen to a couple yeah. of songs and then I'm, I don't know, someone sends me a song on SoundCloud. And I got to listen to that. It's like that album, like sit, put your phone away. You can, you can maybe take your phone out to Shazam it, but you know, the sit there and listen. And I feel like sometimes, um, That'd be cool. I wonder if I wonder if people would throw eggs at us, like play an old song, old guy. No, you, you know? don't stop. Don't... You have the interludes. <laughs> you just you keep well, going. Well, not stopping. The tuning is kind of hard, but then you have then you hit the then you hit your line six that has some loop that you have. Saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you then you pretend you're tuning, and <laughs> but then that sort of they know that they know that you're not going to not play X amount of songs. But sure. I just think again. I want to hear every new song because that's something that uh, I think as a fan you would want to, but I hope, I hope this tour isn't please play just, you know, three or four songs and then that's it. Um, I don't think no, that's going to be the case to be honest. Yeah. We're, 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 we've been practicing a bunch of them. So we get, I don't know if it's, uh, we, yeah, we, we ran through all of them. I think we probably will play all of them. I'm just not sure if it'll be the right order. But, uh, that's, yeah. that's, I am satisfactory with that. Cool. Thanks, Steph. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll let uh, the guys know. Get the green light from Tom. Hey, that, that, that guy that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, he said this. Um, so let's <laughs> just go back to what we were talking um, Thanks again, Mike, for the time. I hope you have a good rest of your morning. Uh, sure. And we will see you in January. Yeah, I'll see you all the time. Thanks, Steph. Thank you for listening to the Washed Up Emo Podcast. If you enjoyed, subscribe, maybe leave a nice review, or support the show via our Patreon. Or buy some merch. All this and more can be found at washedupemo.com. Final reminder, if you're ordering from polyvinylrecords.com, use the code WASHEDUP, all one word, Washed Up, and you get 10% off your order. Next up tomorrow, Nate Kinsella on the Washed Up Emo Podcast.